0: We are kind of wrapping up our five-week series talk conversation, whatever you want to call it, called Say What. And people have told me that throughout this series, I have to say it like, say what? Right? Like that's how Because like geez, and what we're doing during this series is we are actually taking a look at, for five weeks we've done this, the five kind of craziest things that Jesus said. Now, he said a lot more than the things that we're just taking a look at during this series, but we're taking a look at kind of like the five craziest things that he said and how that when we listen to those when we do those, just like his followers at the time listened back all those years ago that actually our lives are different and furthermore, culture, humanity was transformed because the followers of Jesus actually said yes to listening to these things that he said. He said some crazy crazy stuff, right? And the first thing that we talked about, I always told you we're going to go down kind of memory lane to talk through the first four weeks um, of D or the first four weeks of this series, right? But the first thing that he said that was kind of crazy and out there was this. He said the first shout Be last. He basically said this. He said, the first shall be last. He said that listen, if you really want to be first, then put yourself last in life. That means that you should live a life of service and sacrifice for other people. Lay yourself down for those around you, those who you care about, those who you don't, the first shall be last. And then the second thing that he said on week two was this: He said, Don't worry. He said, I'm gonna tell you something. Look up at the, the birds and the flowers. Don't you do you see them? Don't I love you so much? And doesn't your father in heaven love you so much more as than them? They have what they need, right? They have everything that they need. Look at them, they're taken care of. You will have everything that you need, don't worry. And for those of us who struggle with worry, we know that this is a big issue and it's hard to do and it's difficult to do to actually control our minds and thoughts and not deal with worry. And then on Easter Sunday, he said the craziest thing of all time. And we celebrated this and talked about this. He said this. He said, I'm going to die and come back. He said, I'm going to die and come back. He goes, listen, I'm the Messiah you've been waiting for. I'm the risen Savior. Don't believe me? Watch. I'm going to go and they're going to kill me on a cross on a hillside outside the city of Jerusalem. And then I'm going to come back from the dead. Right, Jesus. Sure you are. But then it happened. And the biggest miraculous thing in human history actually happened. I'm going to die and come back. And he said, should you believe that? Should you say in your heart that, yes, you believe that? That you are made right with God the Father, the ever-present creator of the universe. Wow, what an amazing thing. And then last week we talked about what he said. He said this, he said, forgive the unforgivable. He said, forgive the unforgivable. You know those people in your life who've wronged you, who've hurt you, who don't deserve forgiveness, right? Those people who've done things that are almost, you cannot even fathom them doing that, forgive them because what he said was, hey, listen, he wants us to understand, listen, forgiveness really isn't about the other person. It's not about them, whether they've asked for forgiveness or not. Forgiveness is actually really about who? You. And it's about me. And when we hold on to things longer than we should and we kind of dive in, we have bitter feelings that lead to bitterness and then it leads to anger. And those emotions over time have never helped anyone. But today, I got to tell you, today is going to be a fun one. We're going to wrap up with one of the craziest things that Jesus ever said, but it's so practical and so good and so true. And when we put this into practice in our own life, our faith can be different. Our love for others can be different. Our community around us can be what? Different. Because the fifth craziest thing that we're looking at that he said, that I think is so important for us to to understand is this. He said, have faith like a child. Have faith like a child, like One of those, like, you know, snot-nosed kids that you don't want to look at. And, like, I mean, like he goes, have faith like a child. And when we actually look at God, the Father, and Jesus, and his life here on this earth, like a child, everything is different, and our faith is transformed and different. And here's what he said in the book of Matthew. This is so key for us to understand, right? Book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 through 6, this is what he said. He said, about that time... The disciples came to Jesus, the disciples, his closest followers, those who claim to be the closest follower of, followers of Jesus, right? About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, hey, who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They always wanted to know. Everybody always wanted, hey, who's going to be next to you? Who's going to be greatest? And Jesus, as always, flips the lid on everything, as he always did. And then what he did was Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. I can just see Jesus like taking the little child and like putting he or she there and just going, hey, everybody stop what they're doing. Everybody, you know, look up here, look up here and and look at this kid. Okay. And then he said this, he goes, then I tell you the truth. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, don't miss this. You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then he says something that is so revolutionary and so transformative. This is why foster parenting and adoption is great. If you've ever considered that, you should do it. He says this. He said that anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is doing what? Welcoming me. Me, you're welcoming me. When you welcome a child like this on 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 my behalf, you're welcoming me. And that's so key for us to understand. And then he said something else. It is just so powerful, as Jesus always was, just transformative in terms of the way that people saw culture and the way people saw the world. And he said, but if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's how important this was to him. This is the powerful, transformative language that Jesus used to describe what happens when you don't take care of, and love, and embrace kids, or you don't have faith like a child. And here's one of the things that I think he meant when he was just saying these words all these years ago. This is one of the things I think he meant. This is very simple. I think he was telling us that, hey, not only do we need to have childlike faith, but hey, children are important. Kids are important. Now, you probably don't know this about me yet, especially if you're new around here, but before I strapped this microphone on about 18 months ago and we launched downtown Harbor Church, which was really exciting. By the way, just a little side note, we had our largest 9 a.m. service ever today, which was so cool. People tell people, you know, when you start a church and people are like, you're starting with two services? Are you nuts? I'm like, well, we did it so our volunteers could go to church. And the place was like nearly packed at 9. I'm like, South Florida, 9 a.m., who's doing this? But they were here. Sorry, I have ADD, okay? So, so children are important, but I want to tell you this about me. So when I started out in ministry and in the local church, I started out working with kids. I don't know why this was kind of deep-rooted and ingrained in me. I became a Christian at a very young age, but I started out working with kids. And so I had this kind of ingrained in me at a young age, and I didn't even necessarily know why. But I'll never forget... I started as a small group leader in February of 2001 with kindergarten and first grade boys. There was like eight of them. Sat them in a circle and led their activities. And that led to me getting into kids ministry and eventually to starting downtown Harbor Church. First Sunday that I was there, I lost a child. He he lived. I mean, like his mom approached the group and she's like, "Hi, I'm here to claim my son, Caleb." And I looked around and I said, "I'm sorry, ma'am. He appears to be missing. He was hiding under a table in the next room. We found him. All was well in his life. But here's what I just—I just want you to know that, right? Okay. Children are important. Kids are important. So I want to talk to you about them for just a little bit. Now, why am I going to take a second and kind of talk about kids? And this is going to be so key for some of us to understand because if we're going to listen to the words of Jesus and we're going to have a childlike faith, we need to understand some of the characteristics and some of the traits that kids have in their life. So the first one is this, and you know this if you've had kids or you've been around kids or you have nieces and nephews, even if you're not a parent, because I'm not a parent, right? Here's one of the things that I want you to know about kids that I love. They experience wonder. They're filled with wonder, especially as they're young and little. They are so excited to learn about this big, massive God that they don't even know, but all they know is that he loves them. And one of the things that we we say three things with our preschoolers downstairs every single week. If you're a parent of a preschooler, you should know this. This is key, right? We say that God loves me. God made me. And Jesus wants to be my friend forever. And that's so key for preschoolers as they're experiencing wonder and they're trying to develop their minds to understand about this big, massive God. And then second thing that we think about kids that is so cool is that discovery excites them. When they get a little older, they start discovering, right, about the characteristics, about the traits of God, the character of God. That's why with our elementary age kids downstairs, we say three things every single week. I need to make the wise choice. We say that with us up here too, if you've been around for any length of time, because we know that we've all done some pretty stupid things in our life, right? We start them young here at the old downtown Harbor Church though, so we say, I need to make the wise choice. And then the second thing we say generally is, is I can trust God no matter what. And then the third thing we say I think is so important. We say that I should treat others the way I want to be treated. And wouldn't life and culture just be different if we got that right, right? And so discovery excites them. And the third thing is this, as they get a little older, passion surrounds them. Once they discover who God is and what he does in their life, passion surrounds them. That's why here at Downtown Harbor Church, we don't have what we would call per se a quote unquote student ministry. And we won't. Because what we believe is that our kids and our teenagers can actually get plugged into volunteering. And there's a ton of them downstairs doing it right now. And it's awesome. We want them to put their faith into action so that when they leave us and eventually go off to college or do something else, they might actually have have a fighting opportunity to be the church rather than just sitting in a church. And so one of the things that I did, especially in the last couple of months as I was writing these messages, started to look up what were some of like the you know craziest wildest things that kids have said in churches in the last couple of years there's actually some websites about this and i think this is a fun thing to kind of look at some of the crazy things that kids have said we're talking about the things that jesus said here's some things that kids say and they've said at the local church and i think this is important for us to understand leroy a kindergartner said that shirt makes you look big right what does this tell us about kids no filter they don't care they don't care what you, they're going to tell you, right? And I want the truth. So I'm like, yeah, tell me. Like the, this shirt makes you look big. This one was like the number one, like hit from Juan, a second grader. Do you live at church? So he has to volunteer. Hey, where do you live here? Do you live at the church? Okay. So just, okay. And then the, the, this one was my favorite, which I think is so cool. Walker, a first grader said this. He says, I have never lied before, but my sister has. <laughs> okay. It's true. I never, I never lied before myself, but she has right over there. That's the one you want to go get her. She's the one. Okay. But you know what these things tell us? These things tell us about the mind and heart of a kid. These things tell us, it gives us some insight into who they are and how they think and what they do and what goes on in their mind and heart. Here's another thing that I believe about kids that's so important for us to understand. At a very young age, kids stand in awe and amazement at a God they don't even understand. They sit back and they go, I don't know anything about God. I'm just a kid, but you know what? I can't wait to learn more. This God this is a big God who loves me. And Jesus, he's cool, right? And I'm just gonna say yes because I'm a kid and I don't have all these things that you know kind of come into my heart and life. They stand in awe and amazement at a God they don't even understand to go, wow, how big is this amazing God who loves me so much? Do you know why Jesus told us to have faith like a child? This is what I believe. I truly believe that Jesus in those passages of scripture instructed the people around him who were listening and looking on. I believe that Jesus told us to have faith like a child because as adults, we try to understand. And we sit back and we go, well, I don't, I don't get this. And I get why. Let me unpack why for a second. We are living in what I would call kind of like postmodern America, right? We have been educated, whether you've grown up in public school or private school or you were schooled at home or maybe you went into college and it was a post-secondary thing. We are an educated society and culture. And in school, and I don't care whether it's math or science, or what. and first of all, let me just say something again. So there's been this like historical thing that Christians are like against math and science, like, oh, well, science said this, it it can't be true, so I'm going to stand over here. We are a church that embraces like math and science and good things. We think that God is a part of that and in that, and if science is in that, we think God is a part of that. Of course, the Christians who don't embrace math and science, they're just the kind of people who, unless they don't embrace it, unless like science like leads us to something, that like tell us that jesus really existed and they're like see oh yeah i can get without get on with that told you science was real right that's the only way like they'll generally get on board with it sorry about that i went on a rant okay but what i'm telling you is is that we are an educated culture and in each one of those like experiences or schools or or classes we have been led to do something we're always trying to do what to understand so we're going okay we're an adult culture who's grown up this way to go hey i'm trying to understand I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to figure out this equation. I'm trying to figure out this science thing. I'm trying to learn about history. Help me to understand. And so what we do is, as a culture, we take that logical understanding of things and we actually apply it toward God. We think, well, we've been raised this way. This is the way that we've been taught. Of course, that should apply to God the Father. But there's a problem And there's always a problem. And that's why I say that so much around here. And here's the problem, specifically with adults. We try to reason and understand these things about God, and we never, ever will. It's not of our thinking, it's not of our minds. And I'm going to talk about why in just a second. But let me unpack this for just a second. So we talk about kids and we talk about adults what's the difference between kids and adults? I started to ask this question. Hey, what's the difference between kids and adults? And you could probably, if you have kids at home or you have grandkids at home or nieces and nephews, you've been around them at some length, you could probably list some characteristics. But let me just list a couple for you that I think are different between kids and adults. Here's here's the first one. Adults, adults are skeptical. We're going I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. And furthermore, adults kind of look at our faith as like this, almost like this house of cards, right? Where if you take out one, the whole thing comes crashing down. So we go, I, I don't know about that, I can't get on board with that, I'm not in for that, therefore I can't get involved with this whole Jesus thing, or this whole church thing, because we're skeptical. And, and here's why we're skeptical, because we're going like, I, I, I don't know about this because I've been shafted before, like someone has screwed me over before in some way, shape, or form, I, I, in a business deal or a life deal, I, I, don't, I don't know, and so we're skeptical, and we go, so if I have to, and, and you've been to a car dealership, right? You know this because like you, and then they send you upstairs to the guy. Like who's the guy upstairs, right? Like I don't get, and they, they try to sell you those packages at the end. And I always buy one. I don't know why. Like I got like tires at the end of the lease. What the heck was I thinking, right? But it doesn't matter. they like, that's why we're skeptical. We go, well, somewhere along the way, we have to be skeptical of all this stuff because people are trying to get at us. And okay, adults are skeptical. Let me tell you another thing that adults have that kids don't have. Adults have a history, okay? Kids don't. Now, they might have a very little history. Maybe they're four and they have just a little history. Maybe they're eight and they have even a little bit longer of a history. But we have an entire adult life of pain and watching the world crumble. It's brutal. And so we're going, I, I, I can't believe in a big God because I, I, I know what I've been through and, it, and what I've been through that can't be. I, I can't get on board with it. And the last one is this. Adults try to reconcile God with logic. The most illogical thing that has ever happened in the history of humanity. Human beings try to reconcile that with logic. And gang, just being bluntly, it's not logical. It shouldn't have happened. But historical accounts have said that it did. Eyewitnesses saw him. People saw him. And yet, with all these things that Jesus knew about adults, with all these things that he knew that we struggled with as adults, this is what he said when he gathered everybody up. Boys, 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 come here. That's what he said. Have faith like a child. Put him right in the middle. Saying, hey, see this one? Have faith like this kid. Don't worry about all your adult stuff. You got it all messed up. You've had a lifetime to be messed up, okay? Go back. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the original. Have faith like this child. Stand and look at me with wonder. Discover my character. And then passionately go out. Don't miss this. This is so key. Love other people. So, here's what I want you to know, and this is kind of something we're just kind of setting, we're common ground here. We're kind of setting the bar for what we talk about at Downtown Harbor Church. Here's something I want you to know you're not going to understand all of this. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you how I know this. Ready? Because I don't understand all of this, I don't get all of it. In fact, A couple of weeks ago, it was probably five, six weeks ago, I was reading through the scripture and I was, um, you know, writing messages. I think it was during the Moses series that we did, Exodus. And I called up John, the guy who does the bad announcements up here, right? And I said to him, hey, I said, hey, John, let me ask you a question. I was like, I was reading this in the scripture. Do you understand this? And he's like, no, do you? And I said, no, thanks. We solved all that. Okay, great. And that was, I mean, because you're just not going to understand all of it. And we can read commentaries and dive in and try to dissect it, but you're not going to understand all of it. And this is why it's so important for us to understand why, okay? This is so key. This is, if you don't hear anything else, hear this, hear this. This is so key, right? You're not going to understand all of this for a reason because you're not God. And that's okay. And so often, we as human beings want to try to figure every part of creation and history and the universe and God out, and it's not going to happen, gang. Trust me. Mark my words. It's not going to happen. And I'm fine with that. You know why? I don't want to be God. He's got a lot to do, right? I I would like to be in the museum, right, just hanging out. He's a busy guy. He can take care of himself. And I know that in my life, I'm not going to understand everything that is the history of things that are in another dimensions that I'm trying to figure out because I'm not God. But, but I can pull some stuff out of this craziest last thing that we're looking at that Jesus said. And here's a couple of things I want to pull out. Number one, what I want you to know, children were important to Jesus. They were important to him, but not for the reason you might think. Allow me to just have a moment. Jesus walked the earth to take up the flag for the oppressed and the weak. People who were outlawed by the religious leaders of the time and who didn't fit into culture or their, their religious culture at that time. That's why Jesus lived and talked and helped and stood up for the oppressed. Children weren't just important to Jesus. It's not just because they were important. It was because he used them as an example to humanity. He said, hey, everybody listen, hear my voice. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. He goes, be like him. Be like her. And he used a child because children back in these times, they were oppressed. They weren't looked at like we look at our own kids today. They were oftentimes just done away with and thrown out with the garbage. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. They matter. They are our future. He knew it long before Whitney knew it, Right? It was Houston, if you didn't get the joke, right? I didn't get, I barely got like a chuckle in the room, but that was Whitney Houston, okay? Okay, here's the deal. But here's, he knew it. That's what he talked about. He didn't just say it once though. I love this next passage of scripture because he said it again. In Mark 10, 13, 13 through 16, he said, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. And watch what happens next. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Get those snot-nosed brats away from him. Do you not know who this is? This is the Messiah, the Savior of this fallen world. He's important. Get get, Get those creatures out of his presence. Oh boy. And I love when Jesus gets mad because it's always to stand up for the rights of people who don't have any. And then he goes this. He says, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, hey, I can just see him like if he wasn't like the savior of the world, like what he would say today. Hey, idiots, right? He, so what he'd probably say. And he'd go, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. The kingdom of God, my Father in heaven, this is what these children, it belongs to them. And he goes, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Child-like faith. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. That's what he did. And you know what? Here's what I want you to know. All this today, this is not just good advice. This is not me talking about this up here because I've worked with kids for a long time, right? This is not just good advice. These are the words of Jesus, the guy who walked the planet claiming to be the Messiah and then went to a grave and proved it. These are his words, so we need to take them so, so seriously. And do you know who else has complicated this whole mess and made a mess of this? Let me tell you who else has because it might not be who you think. The local church. That's why we've stripped it all away here at Downtown Harbor Church. That's why we don't have church membership and pass an offering plate. Even though if you want to give, you can on the way out. It's, not, it's about making it awkward and weird. And this is what the local church has done, and we could not stand it anymore. That's why we started DHC. Because there's all these rules and regulations and red tape and going stiff arm. You can't be a part of us. When Jesus goes, hey, idiots, have faith like a child. It's all, mess all about, don't, 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 mess this, don't, don't mess this all up. What's wrong with you? And when he said that, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart, there was a message in the middle of it. And the message was this, telling us adults, don't overthink this. Be like him, go have faith like that kid. Go have faith like that kid who looks at me with wonder, discovery and passion. Go have faith like that kid who doesn't even know me yet necessarily and doesn't understand me, and that's okay, but he is so in love with me and can't wait to tell everybody he knows about me and can't wait to go home and tell his parents about the verses that he learned at church, right? Go be like that kid. Have faith like a child. Don't let the junk you've seen, because there's a lot of junk, and we've all seen it, don't let the junk you've seen cause you to believe I'm not real. Don't, 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 let, don't let this world, which is a corrupt, broken world, don't let this, the church that has been a corrupt and broken place. Don't don't, don't don't, let it cause you to believe that I'm not real. Have childlike faith. Have it. It's so simple, yet so profound. It's so simple, yet so deep. It's so simple, yet so life-changing. If we just in one moment go, yes, Jesus, I don't have all this figured out. I don't understand all of this, but I say yes to you because I say yes, that I believe in some way that you went to a grave and died and rose again, uh, proving that you are who you said that you are. So you know, as adults, this is something that's true about us. Sometimes, before we believe, we need to see things. Sometimes we need to see to believe. Adam Duckworth at the gym. Sometimes people needed to see it to believe it. That's why I put it on the screen, right? People are going, I need to see that to believe it. Did that happen? Yes, it did, right? sometimes we need to see to believe other times we need to believe to see other times we just have to say yes and believe to see because we're not going to understand it and then when we say yes we see clearer than we've ever ever seen clearer than we could ever understand or imagine in a way that we couldn't explain it like an x-factor or an intangible something we can't put our finger on other times we need to believe to see And maybe that's you, maybe that's you, maybe that's your today, and what that looks like. I don't know where you're at, but you do, and God does, and you're gonna work that out with him. But I often believe that this is so true. Other times we need to believe to see. Childlike faith, childlike faith is so important. Childlike faith inspires us with wonder and imagination about an amazing God. Childlike faith, that's what we should all have. But we're skeptical. We have a history. We try to reason with logic, and it just doesn't work, gang. I'm telling you it doesn't work. I've tried it. I've tried to figure out everything. I'm not going to figure it all out. Not happening. But childlike faith, that's an easy thing to do. So Jesus was basically saying, like, that kid, go be like him related to faith. Go be like her. Now, like, on a side note, I probably wouldn't allow a child to manage your, like, financial records, okay? But with faith, that's a different story, okay? So go be like him. Go be like her. One of the things at Downtown Harbor Church that we have downstairs are awesome kids. I don't know if you guys know that or have been down there, some of you have kids in the department, but we are big, big, big on kids and what it means to um, our church here and our family and our community. So we put a lot of time down there, a lot of effort. Those people you see walking around in those blue shirts, it's kind of funny, they're not members of a cult, they're volunteers, okay? Because people are like, that way they can be identified because sometimes people are like, wow, what are all those shirts? I was like, those are just people who are serving. Your kids downstairs in our parking lot and our team, right? But with our kids, one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to ask them a couple of questions about God and what they thought. Take a look at the screens. You know what's going on downstairs? A bunch of kids learning about a very real and normal and practical God that can change their life and then going and putting it into practice. That's what I want. That's what I want for us all, even though we don't understand it. They don't either. They're downstairs just fired up and pumped, right? That's what I want for all of us want our lives to be filled with childlike faith, staring at a God that we'll never be able to get fully with wonder and imagination and looking at him in awe like we've never, ever been able to see before. When that happens, we're actually following after the commands of Jesus. I have ADD. I'm sorry. What was that? I don't know. Okay, great. Sorry. Um, We'll figure that out later. (laughs) Following after the commands of Jesus and just going, yeah, we're just going to have faith like a child. And then everything's different. And then once we do that, Here's the one thing that Jesus said to do after you do that. Have faith like a child. Go out there and love other people. Go out there and love your neighbor as yourself. And everything would be different and everything would be changed if we just heard that. Faith like a child will change it all. Let me pray. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessings in our life. life. And I pray, God, that anybody who's here today that might need to make a decision to say yes to you for the first time, that they would just do that. That they would go, I'm in. And God, that you would hear it answered in that prayer in their life, and that they would seek after you, rooted in love, rooted in going after their community with love for you. And God, I pray that you would just surround us today, that you would surround us with your grace and your mercy and your peace, so that all of us in this room together collectively and individually could have this unique thing called childlike faith unique thing that is so rare, yet so powerful, because it will transform our life over and over again. And God, we know that you're hearing and answering this, and God, we will be so fast and so quick to just say thank you and give you all the glory. We pray it today in Jesus' name. Amen.